You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Lord, do I even need to prepare to preach at this church? When you've got people that are hungry and they know how to pull, wow. I could come up and I could share a lot. I can, I mean, hello. I know I look like I'm only 23, but I've been in the ministry now. Um, I'm a 1986 graduate of Rama, but I got saved when I was six, got filled with the Spirit when I was six years old, and I haven't stopped praying in the Holy Ghost since. And um, so, you know, I, I've been at this a little bit for a while, and, um, you know, I could just get up here and give you a sweet little one, two, three, hallelujah sermon. Um, but you know, I don't want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do just what I can do just to say, okay, I preached for you. I'm done. I want to come and I want to impart what heaven has for you. What God wants to say. And uh, we're going to have a time tonight. You know, we used to sing an old Pentecostal song, Won't We Have a Time When We Get Over Yonder. You know, our songs, you know, I, I love all my Pentecostal heritage and all the fun songs that we sing. Um, and we are going to have a time when we get over yonder. But we're supposed to have a time here. Glory. Glory. He's already here, isn't he? That's right. Had anointed praise and worship, and I, I mean, Pastor Sarah does such a wonderful job. I love it. I love her voice. Oh, it's so meaty and strong. It's like, come on, girlfriend. Woo! It's wonderful. And, and, and you know, there's an anointing on her. There's an anointing on her. And thank, you know, there are some people that when they sing, you just want to go, but then the anointing will hit, and you're like, oh, yeah. And thank God Pastor Sarah can sing. And she's already anointed. And, and there is a presence of God that, that he, he just abides here. And I'm sure other ministers have told you that, and surely I know you know that. But... I'm going to have to go ahead and say, For I've called you for this hour to operate in demonstration and in power. Demonstration and in power. For in this region and in this way, there must be my demonstration on display. So get ready because this church is truly growing in my power and there will be great utterance and demonstration because you're operating in the final hour. The final hour of what, Father, I would ask? The final hour of the church in the earth before the rapture takes place. And demonstration and power, stay humble, stay humble, stay humble, and stay in this place. Now, when I hear place, immediately I think, well, are you saying that 
right here in this place, but we're not talking about the realm of the natural right now. We're talking about the realm of the spirit, staying in this place. Last night we were talking about how that you are, was that okay? Do you receive that? Last night we were talking about you being a spirit. You've been made like God. John 4, 24, God's a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Genesis chapter 1 talks about how that he made you like him. So you're a spirit being. You're supposed to understand the realm of the spirit. God never meant for us to be ignorant of the realm of the spirit. It's not just for us to know how to shout, dance, and laugh, though, let's do it. How many of you love to laugh? But how many love to laugh in the Holy Ghost, amen? How many of you love to dance in the Holy Ghost? How many of you love to shout, amen? But I'm here to tell you, those things are just the doorway in to deeper things in God. Those are the doorway into the deeper things of God. And sometimes some get stuck. They get stuck. And they think that they've got to uh, run all the time. And if you want to, that's fine. I don't care. I enjoy. I'm Pentecostal, okay? <laughs> you know, but sometimes in the midst of your drunken state, meaning being drunk in the spirit, God will begin to speak to your spirit, to your heart. And he'll begin to show you some things, speak to you about things. And, and, and we have to be careful because we'll miss it because we're trying to just stay right in the only area that we know. How many of, how many of us know what you know right now is just a small part of all that he is? The moment you think you've arrived and you know everything is the moment you've stopped your growth. Because, hello, I'm 57 years old, I've been in God a long time, and I'm still learning. He is still challenging me. He still tells me, oh, there's more, there's more. And then I'll be like, seriously? And then he'll show me more. And then I'll be, I'll be praying, and then I step over into other things. Then he'll say, are you going to let me demonstrate through you? Are you going to let me? And Because, see, it's still all a decision. See, God doesn't force you to do anything. Are you with me? The devil is the one that pushes. He's the one. No, no, no. God doesn't. As, as Dad Hagen used to always teach us, you know, that God is a sovereign God. He's a just God. He's not going to push his way on you. Uh-uh. Never. You have to yield to him. And as a spirit being, Paul said, you're supposed to live in the spirit. You're supposed to walk in the spirit. The realm of the spirit is not supposed to be a difficult thing. Now let's stop for a second. I want you to think for a moment. What is a moment in your life that you knew you experienced him? Think about it. Some of us have a lot of those moments. I think of some of my moments when I experienced him. I can think about it when I was a child, the services, things that would take place, and it would be, oh, God. 
And, and there are certain songs that when I hear a certain song, it will take me all the way back to when I was a first year Rama student in prayer school. 18 year old girl. And it will take me straight down to my knees. Are you with me? And it just, oh, and I can sense him. How many of you have got a song that that just does that for you? Or, or you'll listen to someone speak that fed you years ago that caused you to learn some things. I'm so thankful. How many of you are glad for YouTube? I'm so glad for YouTube. And the reason why is because I'm constantly feeding on the word, constantly. And when I get ready in the morning or I'm getting ready doing stuff in the house, I've got the word going. I'm cautious of what worship songs I let go in my house. Because some songs keep you, uh, I'm, I'm a worm, I'm this, I'm that, I, I'm just dumb, I've, I'm not ever going to get the victory, am I ever going to see you, oh, you know, I don't sing stuff like that. Um, so I'm very cautious about what I put in my ear gate, because I want to keep myself fueled with truth. Are you with me, guys? What we put in, what we put in can um, either cause us to go forward or cause us to stay, become stagnant. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the things of the Spirit. We're just getting started. Paul said to live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. There are certain things that when I listen to them, I'll type in YouTube. Uh, there's, this is an older couple that used to pray all the time. Phil and Fern Halverson. I'll type them in on YouTube and I'll listen to them because they were around Rama when I was a student and when they would speak, it would do something to me. Patsy Caminetti always did that to me. She would get up to share and it would be like, oh, Billy Brim, oh, you know, uh, Brother Hagen, um, different ministers back in my days of learning, uh, of growing and just coming into the knowledge of what faith was and who I was in Christ. Um, different. So who feeds you? Sometimes we listen to too many ministers and it's not fueling us. And there are sometimes I'll be listening to some of the best that are out there and it'd be like, nope, that's not what I need to listen to today. Your own spirit will let you know, nope, nope, that's good, but it's for another time. And then how many of you do this? And then you'll click on something else because you, we're, we all do mindless jobs at times. Putting on my makeup, hello, come on. You know, come on. I, I, I want to feed my spirit. I, I want to I feed. I want to renew my mind by listening to the word. What we listen to, what we feast on, will determine how far you'll go into the things of the Spirit. Will determine how far you'll go in Him. Are you with me, guys? Brother Hagen, the prophecy that my husband was talking about, that prayer should be as vital to you as breathing is to your natural man, that happened back in 1981. Brother Higgin was prophesying by the Spirit of God, and he said this. God spoke this through him, and he said, some are seeking for a word church. And this is God saying this through Brother Higgin prophesying. Some are seeking for a faith church. 
Some are seeking for a singing church, but I am seeking for a praying church. Hmm. And then he went on to say, to where prayer is more vital to your being than breathing is to your natural man. I wonder why God wants a praying church. Well, you think about it, what is prayer? Communion, prayer is fellowship with our Father. It's spending time with Him, fellowshipping with Him. Whew. And who is God? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. The first, the last, the great I am, Jehovah, he reigns forever. Jehovah Nisi, come on, we could just go down the list of all who he is. But who, what is he? He is love for sure. He is a spirit. And he made you like him. So that means you are a spirit. And as a spirit being, should you not understand the realm of the spirit? Shouldn't the realm of the Spirit be an easy place for us as believers to access? I believe this so strongly, even as I said last night, when they were stoning Stephen, Stephen did not look up to heaven and say, Lord Jesus, receive my mind, my soul, my intellect. He didn't say, oh God, receive my body. He said, Lord, receive my spirit. And when he said that, his body fell to the ground and his spirit went up to heaven who gave it. His spirit went up to heaven. The physical body that you're living in is that house that is housing, this flesh is housing the real you. The real you is the spirit part of you that's never going to die. Think about that. You're not ever going to die. You are alive forever. You are a spirit made in his image and in his likeness. You are a spirit being. You are eternal. Well, well, my body's going to die. Yeah, your body's going to die. I don't look like I'm six anymore. Or 23. Because, you know, I take care of myself, but come on. But you, but I can't wait to get out of here. But I'm not going before my time. Amen. But you are an eternal being. When you think eternal, you'll be driven with purpose in your life. That, that's a writer downer. When I think eternal, I'm driven with purpose for my life. When I think the way he created me to think, well, how do I know if I'm thinking the way he created me to think? The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for you and me. We stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Bible. How many went to vacation Bible school? We used to sing it. How do we know if we're believing and, and going deeper? We just got to get in the word and see what the word says. And then, I'm telling you right now, I'm... I'm as, as a ministry gift, um, I, I like to flow with inspiration all the time, and, and that's pretty much how God has me go. Um, uh, teaching, I don't think like a teacher a lot of times. I, I don't think line upon line, line upon line, and, and that's why I've got to get in the Word, and I've got to read, and I've got to meditate, and then I've got to be led by the Spirit 
who I listen to. Because I want to guard my ear gate. I want to guard, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. I don't want to put garbage in. I don't want to hear wrong teachings. There is so much wrong traditional religious teachings. We've got it in our soul, even in our church as a whole, we've got it in our soul. Well, we have to do this in a church service. We gotta get up, we gotta sing two, three, four songs, maybe five songs. They can be fast, they can be slow, but probably about two or three fast and maybe one or two slow. Then we gotta take the offering, then we gotta give announcements, then we're gonna get up and give the message, and then we're gonna give an altar call, and then we gotta get out of here because everybody needs to go eat lunch. See, we've got it down because see we've done it for so long but i believe we're in the hour where god is done with our agenda i believe that god is desiring to get all up in our business and truly reveal himself and he wants us to reveal him to the world where it's not just who's in the pulpit preaching that can demonstrate, but we as ministry gifts train up and teach everyone in the church how to live out of who they are in Christ. What I do, you can do. You might not do it on the scope of what some ministers do. You might not ever have a pulpit where you get up and you preach. But what are you preaching in your world? What are you doing in your family? What are you doing in your neighborhood? What are you doing in your workplace? Are you blending in that everybody just thinks, hey, you're Brother George. Everybody's Brother George. Hey, you know what I'm trying to say? The Smiths, the Joneses, and if those are your names, it's okay. But you know how we use those names as cliches kind of thing, thing you know? Is that okay? Are you just the status quo? <laughs> or when people come into your home, do they sense heaven? But how do I create that? I don't know how to do that. Will you come and anoint my house? No. Because you can do it. No. How do we do things? How do we anoint our homes, our families, our workplace? Every time I get on a plane to fly somewhere, I'll just be like, Father, I thank you. This is getting to the other side. Amen. It's just going. It's going to be fine. I don't even think about it. Are you with me? Just because I've arrived, everything's going to be all right. Why? Because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And I believe the Bible and I know it's not my time to go to heaven. I've got to run my race and I'm going to run my race in health and wholeness and victory and fulfilling all that God's called me to do in this life. Why? Because I know who I am. I know I'm an eternal being. And I know once I get out of this realm, I'm going to step over fully over into that realm. And whew, there's no telling what God's got going on on the other side. There is so much activity in the realm of the spirit. I'm telling you, things are whew, escalating in the realm of glory. And because of that escalation of time and what's happening, we the church have got to step up. Well, it's hard. Keep your mind under control. Have you ever done this? where you'll be sitting in a service and your spirit, you know, that's down here in your belly, you know, the Bible says out of your belly flows rivers of living water, John 7, 38, you know, boom, right there. 
Actually, the passion says it burst, burst out of you. That right there, your spirit being. Have you ever been in a meeting and your spirit go, whoa, and your head go, huh? But your heart's going, whoa, and your head going, huh? Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? And a lot of times I would experience like that because my head was nowhere where my heart was. My head was still being a baby kid, thinking small, but my spirit was going, yes, you can, yes, you can, chug-a-lug-a, chug-a-lug-a, yes, you can. And my head's going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But how many of you know, right there determines if you're going to go deeper or further, if you say, okay, yes, I can, yes, I can, when your head's going, yada, 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 yada. Now, for some of you, you might be thinking, what is this lady talking about? But if you're understanding it, take hold of it. How many times you have felt in your heart that the Spirit of God was saying, I want you to go deeper. And your head's going, but I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'll never forget it. I was, uh, it was when I was starting uh, to really go places in my prayer times. And I was seeing a lot by the Spirit. And I, I was seeing so much. I, I, this is, oh my goodness, 30 years ago. Uh, I mean, it was just like, oh my Lord. And, and I would pray with these girls that I prayed with and, and stuff there on campus at Ramah. And, and I, I would just bow my head. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing angels. Uh, they're talking to me. Um, I'm hearing things from heaven. I'm knowing stuff. And, and I'm freaking out. Well, and, and, and I was just like, I don't want to pray like this. I don't want to pray like this. I don't want to be a fruit loop. I don't want to be weird. See, I was raised in Pentecost. And thank God my mama was solid. My pastor was solid. My, my church was solid. But there was always some of those that would pray in the church that you were like, what is wrong with them? Because they were just a little bit on the flaky side. And, uh, and so being raised in Pentecost, it caused me to be really cautious. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to get off. I want to stay doing everything according to the word. We're word people. And so we would get over into prayer, and I would see, and I would hear, and I would know some things. And, and, and I would get a little bothered um, because uh, I don't know anybody else is praying like this. I mean, Brother Hagin, I mean, yeah, but at that time, I didn't know him well enough to go and talk to him and say, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. Could you tell me am I off? You know? And, uh, but I did go to the prayer coordinator that used to be, this is way before I was the prayer coordinator. And I went to her and I shared with her some things I was seeing in prayer. And she began to weep. And I just looked at her. She goes, Leanne, you have to pray this way. We must have this type of prayer on this campus. And little did I know, I didn't find this out till many years later, she said, I knew you were my replacement. If she would have told me that then, I would have hightailed it out of there. But she said, we must have this type of prayer. And when she said that to me, I smiled, but on the inside, no, I'm not going to do it. You need to do it. But that was all on the inside because I'm very respectful. But on the inside, I'm going, ain't no way. Hey, I ain't getting weird. <laughs> so long story short, I'll never forget it. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who the Brazis are. It's a, a couple, great couple in ministry. And they had a lot of uh, 
wonderful things happen and still do. But anyway, he had come to prayer school and he was speaking in prayer school there on campus and I was doing the music. And that week, I'll never forget, I, I walked, um, I was getting ready to go over to do the music and I had been praying in a prayer group with one of my girlfriends. And I was telling the Lord, I'm gonna quit praying like this. I'm not praying like this anymore. I'm not praying like this anymore. And he said to me, he, he, he said, Leanne, you are here, meaning I'm over here in the things of the spirit. And I'm going, no, I'm not. I'm way down here. I don't, no, no, I'm down here. I'm too young, I'm too young. I don't need to be doing this. And he said to me, he goes, you are here. No, I'm not, I'm down here. And I'm praying in the spirit. My friend that I was praying with, I was praying in tongues the whole time, but I knew what I was, th I was thinking and what I was saying. I was telling God, no, I'm not up here, I'm down here. I'm immature, I'm young, I'm a kid, and I want to stay that way. He's like, no. And then about that time, my friend Norma got up, came over to me, and she was in my face. You better obey God. I go, what do you mean? Whatever he's telling you right now, you've got to do it. I'm like, did you hear what he was saying? He's telling me that uh, I'm up here and I'm telling him, no, I'm not, I'm down here. I don't want to grow, I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to go deeper anymore in the spirit. I don't want to have all this stuff. I, I, I don't want to get weird, I don't want to get flaky. She goes, you better obey God, Leanne. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go do the music for prayer school. And I walked across the parking lot. <laughs> And I walked into the room, and it was like the last day that this minister was going to be there. And as I was walking across the parking lot, I told God. I said, Father, have him call me. I put out a fleece. You know it's unscriptural, right? I put out a fleece. And I said, if he calls me out, and he tells me that how I'm praying is right, then I'll keep doing it, but otherwise, I'm done. I know. Some of you that probably smiled or laughed just then, you're the same way. You know it's God of glory, but you're still telling him what for. And I'll never forget, I went in, started the music, prayer school was going, all the students are excited, everything is happening. We gave the service over to him. I went and sat down in my front row seat again. As I'm sitting there, he called up everybody and their mother and laid hands on everybody. If you know you're called to Africa, if you know you're called to Europe, if you know blah, 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 and he's calling, and he's laying hands on everybody. And I'm just like, well, then the service comes to an end. He gets ready to take his lapel mic off. He says, everybody just lift your hands up and worship God. I lift my hands up and I said, God, I can't believe he didn't call me out. So, and then all of a sudden I was like, Father, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I know fleeces aren't right. Forgive me. I shouldn't do that. If you're telling me that I'm further in prayer than what I feel like, I want to go further in you. I want to go deeper in you. I ask you to forgive me, and if nobody ever agrees with me, I'm going. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I was just standing there like, I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. And just like that, somebody touched my hand, the palm of my hand, and it was that minister. He go, and he had put the mic back on. And I'm just standing there with my eyes open. He goes, whew, whew, Holy Ghost assignments are on you. Holy Ghost assignments. He said, step out here. So I stepped out, 
away from the people. And he said, it's like you've went from a pea shooter to a cannon. And when he said that, he barely touched me. I fell down like a sack of potatoes and was drunk as could be in the Holy Ghost. And then I had to get up and lead the worship for healing school. That was the most drunk worship leading I had ever done in healing school. But that moment was a life changer for me. See, I humbled myself. I repented. I, I know fleeces aren't right. And I'm going to do it no matter what. But then he threw in confirmation. How I kept saying, I'm right here. And you're telling me I'm here. Where he said, it's like you went from a pea shooter to a cannon. Mm. Guys, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> there's a deeper place in God. And if your heart is sensing that there's more. If you're sensing that there's more in prayer that he's wanting to reveal and show you, then you know what you need to do by faith. But, but I've got my own problems. My husband's abusive. My kids are doing this. And my life is this and that and blah, blah, blah. Guys, I'm telling you, if you would become a praying mama and just stay in God's face and go after things in him, your family will chug a lugga in line. <laughs> Things will come back around. Oh yeah, I watched my mama do it my whole life with all five of us kids. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have time. I don't have time. You have time to be on Facebook. You have time to do Instagram. You have time to go shopping, you have time to stay up at all hours of the night and Amazon away. You've got time to do whatever you really want to do. In many ways, I feel like I'm talking to the choir tonight. You know what that means? The choir is always on time for church. They've been there before practicing, rehearsing, and ready to start the service. They're always the faithful ones. They're always faithful. I feel like I'm with the choir tonight. I'm complimenting you. I feel like I'm with the choir tonight, which means you guys got a prayer life. And I'm, we're here just to stir it up and help you go deeper. Now, Father, what is that there? What is that? What, what, what story is that you're wanting me to tell? He's wanting me to tell a story right now, so I'm going to see which one he's wanting. Huh. All right. I might have shared this one last time, but I believe it will bless you to hear it again if you, if you haven't heard it, or if you have heard it, it will be good for you. Um, my whole life has evolved around my prayer life. I would rather pray... Oh, if I don't fall out of the chair. I would rather pray than get up and teach or preach, get up and sing any day of the week. If it was up to me, I would not speak. <laughs> I wouldn't. I just love to pray. I love to spend time with him and hear his heart. And I'm not saying that like, oh, look at me, I'm so humble. <laughs> no. I'm just really sharing my heart right now. 
Prayer is communion with God. And the more I get to know him, like Brother Hagin would say, the more I get to know him, the more I realize I don't know. And there's so much about him to, to find out. Guys, there are times that God's even had me pray things concerning the second coming of the king. After the church is out of here, I'm like, why am I praying about that? Because there's so much in him. I know there's some things that I've been in prayer about, and he's caused me to see all the way over on the other side after we're over there. And I'm like, why am I seeing that? It's wild. Guys, <laughs> the realm of glory is real. And you know that realm is more real than this one. Why is that realm so much more? I'm so glad I could just talk with you guys. Are you okay, okay with this? That realm is so much more real than this one because that realm came first. That realm created this realm. Are you with me? Well, what, what do you mean? How did that realm create this realm? God in the beginning. Remember? In the beginning. Void, no shape of the earth, not, you know, void. And God did what? Spoke. As a spirit being, God spoke. And the world was framed. He told the water how far to go up on the shore. He spoke the stars into space, the moon, the sun. He spoke. He spoke. And when he spoke, the Bible says, look at Genesis chapter 1. God spoke, and it was. God spoke, and it was. Every time he spoke, it happened. He spoke, it was created. And that's, but, but, but now wait a minute. Doesn't that sound a little interesting? Isn't that a little bit like what Jesus told us to do? Years and years and years later, Jesus was going to this, uh, what was he doing? He was coming, he was going into a town, and he saw a fig tree. And he thought, I can't wait to get to that fig tree because I'm going to eat. This is my paraphrasing. And um, he was going to eat the fruit that was on the tree because he was like, "Woo, we're going to eat tonight, boys. He got up to that tree, and there was no fruit. It must have looked like it had it on there because he was excited. And then when he got to it, there was no fruit. And the Bible says that the disciples were there. They were listening to Jesus. They heard what he said. And Jesus cursed the tree. He spoke to the tree. He said, nobody's ever, never, ever, never going to eat any more fruit from you ever again. He cursed it. Then he went on into the city. And the following morning, they came back through. And Peter looked over, and he saw the tree. Now, evidently, not much happened to the tree when Jesus spoke at that moment to their natural eye. But in the spirit, something happened. How many times do we speak and we don't see something take place and we get out of faith? And then we start talking negative about it. Are you with me, guys? When Jesus spoke to that tree, do you think that it began to die from the root? Do you believe that things begin to take place in the spirit? I believe it did. Because Jesus knew who he was. He was a spirit being, is a spirit being. And he knew everything in this realm has to obey him. He spoke to the tree. The tree didn't do anything in the natural that could be seen, but in the spirit, something took place. That's why don't lose faith. If you've spoken to something, don't you lose your place. Mm -mm. Don't you lose it. 
Your words create the world that you're living in, right? We've been taught that for years. Now, they went on into the city, they came back through, and now Peter, I think me and Peter are gonna be buddies when we get to heaven, because I believe he was a talker. I believe he noticed everything, probably like I am. When I walk into a room, I can tell you whether it's decorated good or not. I can tell you that lady don't know how to put herself together. Let me just help you a little bit. Um, I can look, I can tell you right now all that Pastor Joe has on. Yeah, I wish I wasn't that way. I wish that I didn't notice everything. I mean, the first thing when I walked in, I, I saw Pastor Sarah's fuchsia pink shirt. thought, oh, that's pretty, and boy, is it a good color for her. You know what I'm saying? And then I look at Pastor Joe, and I'm like, I don't know about him so much. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I know he's full of himself, so I can say that to him. <laughs> You look good, Pastor. You look good. You look good. You look good. But I think Peter was one that just would notice stuff because he's just always doing. And when they went down the street, he looked over and he saw the tree. And he's like, whoa, Master, the tree that you cursed, it's dead. And Jesus looked at him and said, have faith in God. Some people say that Jesus was like, oh, have faith in God. I never have read it like that. I believe that Jesus was looking at him like going, are you kidding me? Can you please have some faith in God? And I really think that's how Jesus meant it. And then Jesus went on to say, you can speak to the mountain. I believe what he was saying was, we made you like us. You're a spirit. You can speak to the mountains in your life, and the mountains will obey you. I think it's always been meant for us to walk in such a place of faith. Ha ha. As out of your belly, out of your inner being, out of your, the, the, the wholeness of who you are, your completeness in Christ, to operate in him, to live and move and have your being in him. Oh, to understand the things of the spirit, to not understand just what's in this natural realm, but to recognize that that realm, the realm of glory, is more real. And what is taking place in that realm is what will eventually manifest in this realm. So when we as believers will step out and pray in the spirit and get out ahead of things, get out ahead of things, when the enemy's trying to cause havoc on our nation, cause havoc through the weather, causing havoc towards the church or you sense something there's something not right about that minister i think that he's he's going to commit adultery or i think something's not right can you believe can you believe him you know a lot of times when you're seeing something is not so that you will gossip and talk about it but it's for you to pray for that individual and undergird him and help him walk the straight and narrow see too many times we'll see something that we think oh and then we will talk about it, be opinionated about it, and, and gossip and slander. And the only reason why God showed you it is so that you could change it in prayer. Hey, being raised Pentecost, the only sin we did most of the time was gossip. I mean, we could have a Holy Ghost shout down meeting 
and you just go out into the foyer or out in the parking lot, Sister so-and-so is talking to Sister Susie Cusey, and they're talking about, well, can you believe she wore that to church? Can you believe that she dealt with her kids like that? Well, I would never do that. I wonder if the pastor's going to say something. Well, he sure does need to say something if he doesn't tell them. And can you believe he was sitting in my seat, in my pew? Oh, he would jump and dance, and the whole pew would shake. We, we, had our, we had a beautiful old, old church. It was a Jewish synagogue growing up, and it was a Pentecostal church. Uh, and we, some of our pews had cracks in them. And you had to be careful. If somebody moved a certain way, it would pinch you. And if somebody sat in your pew and they didn't need to be sitting there, you just ready, just to, you talk about attitude. But, oh, Shondai, Shondai in the meeting, but outside the church. Can you believe them? <sighs> so quick to accuse, so quick to do things. But did you know, if we would stop and pray when you're in disagreement about something, and I'm not saying stop and pray so everybody can hear you stop and pray and hear what you're praying. I'm talking about what you do in your personal time where nobody else knows and you don't have to tell anybody else because you're so secure in your own relationship with God you don't care if they think you're called or not called you know who you are you know I remember when I was there on campus and praying in prayer groups and I was learning the things of the Spirit years and years ago and I, I, God began to deal with me and began to tell me what office gifts I was. And I never spoke about it. I never told a soul. I kept it quiet. Shh. Because why do I have to tell you what I am? The fruit should be there for you to see. And, is, and I found out a long time ago if I believe what God's telling me, then I need to confidently operate in that office without telling anybody I'm doing it. So I would get up and teach in prayer school. When I was a volunteer, I would fill in a lot of times for Jim Hockaday. <clears throat> and I would get up and I would teach and I would stand. And I, by faith, I would stand in that office. And I would teach from that place. You might say, well, what did you do? Throw your shoulders back and I am this and that. No, I just believed what he told me and I operated from it as if that's who I was. And then, guess what? He showed up. It wasn't just a, a layman up speaking. Now I'm standing in the fivefold office gift that I'm called to operate in and there'd be holy hushes over prayer school. You could hear a pin drop. And I would be like, are they with me? Are they bored? Are they sleeping? Then I'd say, well, we can be done. No, don't stop. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, this isn't about me. This is him. It's the gift that he's placed in me. And it's not for me, it's for them. And if I'll confidently operate in it, it will help us all go deeper and further. And we're going to all grow. It's not about everybody looking at me and thinking, oh, Leanne has so much revelation. Who cares? Are you with me, guys? Yes. I want to be, be humble and live out of my relationship with God and give what I have and then give what I don't know I have 
And so, so that we all grab hold of this and we all get this job done and get this harvest reap so we can get out of here. Now, for some, you might be thinking, but I thought I was going to come to church tonight and I was going to be so blessed and I'd be slain in the spirit and I would get answered for my issues and I'm not getting anything. <laughs> See, that's what the enemy in your soul wants you to think. But these are just spiritual truths that I'm just sharing with you right now. That if you'll apply them, your life will completely do a complete turnaround, a complete 180. Oh, yeah. Your prayer life, guys, develops you. you. If you've never done anything supernatural, if you're filled with the Spirit, you have. Well, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Speaking in an unknown tongue. Acts chapter 2. It's not been done away with. We can pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says it will build you up. It will edify you. You can worship God by praying in tongues. You can pray out the plans of God, his purposes for our lives. You will come into the knowledge of more light and revelation of him. How many times have you prayed in the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden you got revelation? Where you didn't, have some, you didn't understand something, all of a sudden you got it. Are you with me? You guys aren't falling asleep on me, are you? I'll never forget it. My husband and I, we were in Miami, Florida, and we were doing a conference, a healing school conference. And we were doing morning services and night services. It's a pretty large-sized church, 2,000 or more. And um, we were having great meetings. The senior pastor was older, and he hadn't been in any of the meetings because he hadn't been feeling well. And we walked in one night from the meeting, and they had put us in a beautiful resort right on the ocean. We were suffering for Jesus. And we walked in, opened the big patio door, and we went in and we uh, sat down on the couches. And when we sat down, our phone rang, and it was one of the sons of the pastor, and he said, guys, something's wrong. We had to bring dad into the hospital, to the ER, and they're telling us that dad's vitals are shutting down and that he's dying and said for us to call the family in. And, and we know that that can't be right. And immediately, Jerry and I said, no, that's not right. He's not dying. He's not going anywhere in Jesus' name. He said, you guys pray. And so we got off the phone and we sat back down on the couch and we just started praying. And we, we know the Bible. We rebuke death in the name of Jesus. We speak life over his body. We command healing to flow. Whatever this is, you get out of him now in the name of Jesus. And then we still, it was like, mm, we're not finished. See, too many times we stop way too quick in our prayer time. We'll pray the word, we'll speak what we know, and then we're like, okay, I covered it. And then you go on your way, and you never check to see, is there something else I need to cover? Is there something else I need to do? Because we want to hurry up and get the job done so we can go do the next thing. Just like we want to get our food fast, we want to get our service fast, we want to get our clothes out of the dry cleaning fast, we want to do everything fast, fast, fast. If you're not that way, will you please pray for me because I am that way. I like everything fast. And, uh, but too many times when it comes to prayer, you know, the Bible even says, wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Don't rush it. But too many times we'll be so quick to pray what we know and how to pray, and we just do it. And it's not that it's not scripture or anything, but maybe there's something else God needs articulated. Maybe he has something else that needs to be spoken. So what is it? 
Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. When you don't know how to pray like you ought. Meaning, here we prayed every prayer we knew to pray over the pastor, but it was still, huh, my spirit, his spirit. It was like, mm, we're not done yet. No, no, that, that, that didn't cover all of it. When you don't know how to pray like you ought, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you does. So then you lean on him. Well, then what is that? Oh, Father, we lift up that pastor. Well, what are you saying? I don't know, but we're causing life and energy to be there where he's at right now. And whatever needs to be prayed, the Holy Ghost, third person of the Godhead, knows better what to speak, say, and do. And he'll take what we're praying, and it will affect that pastor. And so we're sitting there. And then before I even thought about shouting the name of Jesus, I said, Jesus! There was so much power on the name. I looked over at Jerry. I said, did you sense that? Did you feel that? He goes, yeah, let's keep praying. Jesus! I shouted it again. I didn't think, you know, when I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to you next. When I was praying in tongues, I wasn't thinking about saying the name. I'm praying in the spirit for the pastor. But the second time I shouted the name of Jesus, guess what happened? I had a supernatural encounter. I no longer was sitting on the couch in the hotel room. I was now standing in the doorway of the pastor's hospital room. And there I stood, and I'm like going, oh my God, God how did I get here? And I saw the pastor in the bed, and guess who was standing on the other side of the bed? Jesus. And there he stood on the other side of the pastor, and let's say I'm standing over there, and he had one hand up on the headrail of the bed. And when I came in, he looked up at me and he smiled. And then he looked back down. It's not time for you to come home yet. Heart, be whole. Body, be whole. And then just like that, I'm on the couch in the hotel room again. Did you see that? <laughs> My husband said, Jesus. I go, yeah, it was Jesus. And I told him what I saw. It bore witness with what he saw. And it was like, ah, ah. I said, we got to call him. We got to call him and we got to tell him now. So we picked up the phone. We called him and we said, this is what just happened to us. And they were like, oh, yes, daddy's healed in Jesus' name. Yes, it's true, it's true, it's true. We get off the phone and we rejoiced, ate a snack, went to bed, got up for the next service in the morning to go do a healing school. Because how many of you know as a traveling minister, you don't want to be known as the minister that comes to your church and your senior pastor dies. You want to be asked back. And so we were very fervent about our prayers. He is not going to glory on our watch. But that following morning, we got ready, went to the church, went to the speaker's room to get mic'd up and everything. And when I walked in, the senior pastor's wife was there. I wasn't expecting her to be there. And she, she looked at me. She goes, Leanne, come here. That's exactly how she said, Leanne, come here. And she grabbed my shoulders, brought me in real close to her face, real close talker at that moment. And she said, tell me again what you saw. 
and I shared it all over with her. Tears were streaming down her face, and she said to me, she said, Leanne, I've been at the hospital again this morning. I go, you already been there? She goes, yeah. She said, the doctor came in, and he said, I don't know what happened to your, your husband last night. He was dying, but we've done every test we can, and his heart is the heart of a 21-year-old man. I love, I love that we got to be a part of that and that God showed us this. But guys, I often wonder, huh, if I hadn't yielded, if my husband hadn't yielded to prayer, he would have had to raise somebody else up to do that. Because see, how many times, okay, Father, I hear you, I hear you. Here's another time. My grandmother had went to heaven. She's 104, just a few days away from her 105th birthday. Somehow I got elected, me and my nephew and his wife, to go get all the belongings that she left to my mom. And somehow we got elected with a big old truck to go get it all. And it was like, why us? When our family's huge, but we did. And we went after all of it, and we stopped off at some pastor's homes that I grew up with. And, um, and they're just like family, and they wanted us to spend the night with them. And it was 1 o'clock in the morning, and I told them it was going to be late. They said, we don't care. We'll wait, we'll, we'll wait up for you. So I get there, and uh, they, their son lives a couple houses down. And so my nephew and his wife stayed with, with John down there. And then um, over here, I stayed with Grandma Ruth. I called, I called Gram, their Pastor Rosemary. Uh, she was my mom's best friend, um, and her husband was Gene, and they're still in, here in the earth living, serving God. And, um, but then there was Grandma Ruth, um, which is Rosemary's mom. But I always called her Grandma. She wasn't blood to me, but she was Grandma Ruth. And um, so I went and stayed with Rosemary and Gene and Grandma Ruth, and I walked into the living room. Gene had went to bed because um, it was so late. And uh, I walked in, and, man, we sat down in the living room. We just talked for I don't know how long. And uh, Grandma Ruth got up, and she said, Leanne, uh, well, I'll be back in just a minute. And she had a walker, and she started going. Uh, she, she had to go to the bathroom. She had uh, a master suite and um, had her own bathroom in her bedroom. And she went on in there and was doing her business. And me and Rosemary just kept talking, 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 just family, just talking, you know. And, um, and then all of a sudden, while Rosemary's talking to me, I heard Grandma Ruth shout out. And I thought to myself, what in the world? And, and, and she shouted out, Rosemary! And being Pentecost, man, Grandma Ruth, she's loud. She's so loud, man. I can remember I would go and preach in their church, and Grandma Ruth always wanted me to drive her car. Have I ever told these stories here? Grandma Ruth wanted me to always drive her car and take her places. And they liked this one restaurant that was out by the airport, and so I got in her car, and I said, okay, Grandma Ruth, let's go. We went to this restaurant. This is a different story. I'll come back to that story. We got in the car. We, we went over to this restaurant, and um, we went in, and we ate with everybody. Then Grandma and I, we walked out, got back in the car. She wanted me to drive, and but she said to me, she goes, don't hold any doors open for me. Okay. She's like, did everything by herself. I'm like, all right. But then all of a sudden, as we're walking out of the restaurant, you know how there'll be like a little foyer, just, you know, a little place from a door to a door, you know? And, um, and she didn't want me to hold a door open for her. She can do her own thing. Very independent. She has a walker. How are you going to hold that door open and come through it? But she had her way of doing things. And so um, I went ahead, walked out, went and got in the car, just sat right there in the front, right in front of the door. And I sat there, and I'm looking at her as she's, oh, and I'm going, I can't believe she won't let me hold doors over. I bet all these people think that I am horrible, just horrible. 
being ugly to grandma, not holding the doors open, not opening the car door for her, not doing anything for her. But she, she would, she'd bark at me a little bit. No, ma'am, I'm okay. But see, she was a very loud Holy Ghost mama. And when she prayed, she didn't need a microphone. When she sang, she didn't need a microphone. Loud. How many of you, maybe you're loud like that, but how many of you know people that are loud like that? And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I'm sitting there in the car and I'm watching her. She got into the little breezeway, the door behind her shut, and she just stood there. And she had a Holy Ghost moment. And I, I had my windows up, but I could see her mouth moving. And she was saying, Jesus! And she would hold it out. Jesus! You know, and I'm like going, oh, dear God, Grandma, come on. That's what I was thinking. Come on. She stepped outside finally, got the next door open. She came out, and she stood in front of the car. Oh, Jesus, you are so... Now I can hear as plain as day. I've got the windows up. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I'm thinking, Grandma, get in the car. And people are just walking by her. And then they'd look in the car at me, and i just look straight ahead thinking, I cannot believe she's doing this. Oh, my God, would you just get in the car? <laughs> she opened the car door. She did something to the walker and, and stuff, and she didn't get in like most of us do, one foot in like that. No, she would sit like, you know, she would plop down like this, and then she'd pull herself in. And she plopped down, and she hadn't even turned over around to me yet. And she's, oh, yeah, the Lord is so good. And she's so loud. Anybody out here in the world could hear it. Oh, he's so good. And, and I was getting ready to go. And then before I knew it, oh, he is so good. There was an anointing there. Power of God was all over Grandma. And, and we just had a worship time right in front of the restaurant. With all, with doors, oh, Jesus, just loud, loud woman. Well, this same woman, years later, I'm coming through town. And, and she starts yelling from the top of her lungs for Rosemary to come to her. Rosemary's talking so much to me, Rosemary didn't hear her. And I said, Rosemary, your mom is yelling for you. She goes, oh! She jumped up like lightning, and she went to the door of the, of the bedroom, and immediately... Rosemary began to pray in the spirit really fast. I call it speed tongues. When you don't know what else to do and you're freaking out, and you're like going, oh, God, and that's what Rosemary started doing, just praying in tongues really fast. And I immediately knew, oh, my goodness, something is wrong, something is wrong. And then all of a sudden, I heard my name, and it was Rosemary. Leanne, get in here, Leanne! And I was like, Whoa! You know, and I'm praying in tongues real fast because I'm like, what am I going to walk into? I walk in to the bedroom. Now, let me say this. Rosemary used to be a nurse. And uh, when I walked in, the, the, the bathroom doors open. Grandma uh, had been on the throne. And uh, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and Rosemary was holding her like this. Rosemary was standing, but she was holding her mom because she was falling. And when I got in there, I was like, <gasps> I knew she was dead. Oh, my God. And Rosemary said, Leanne, pray, pray. Mom's dying, mom's gone, pray. And I was like, in the name of Jesus. 
put my hand on her head and it was clammy and, and in the name and I did everything that you know good Pentecostal girl know how to pray in the name of Jesus and then all of a sudden I heard down here in my spirit don't do it that way I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me he said put your hands on Rosemary's back and then speak my breath into her body well, I wasn't going to say, well, now, I don't know if that's the devil telling me that. I don't know if that's me messing up. I should be able to just speak the word. Do you think I stood there and thought, little, 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 little. I just immediately go, I speak the breath of God into grandma's body in the name of Jesus. And when I did that, grandma goes, started choking and started shouting the name of Jesus. By that point, paramedics was at the bedroom, the bathroom door. And I was like, huh? because all the family had gotten up because we were so loud and had called the paramedics and, and they said, could you guys move out of here? Because now grandma's sitting fine on, on the throne. So I walked out over into the corner of the bedroom and I just stood there and I knew what had happened. And I'm standing there going, oh, oh my goodness, we just raised grandma from the dead. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, the one of the paramedics, she came over to me and she goes, ma'am, could you tell us what's happened with her? I said, yeah, she was dead and we raised her from the dead in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and that paramedic looked at me and she was like, okay. And she walked away. And they wanted to take grandma in to check her out. They took her in and to check her out to make sure to see, is there something that's wrong? Is there something going on? They couldn't find nothing wrong. But I'll never forget sitting in that, in that lobby with Rosemary. And, and she and I, it was probably like 4 in the morning by now, and we're sitting there and we look over at each other and we're like, oh, no one will ever realize what we just did tonight. We raised grandma from the dead. I told that story because God told me to while I was standing over there. He said, tell that story. It happened. It happened. She lived for many, many, many more years. It happened. Had I not learned how to go deep, and listen, it's not hard. Paul said you can live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. And then he didn't say, it's really hard, so only I'm going to be able to do it. He didn't say, it's only if you're a prophet, apostle, pastor, evangelist, or teacher will you be able to do this. No, no. Every single one of us is supposed to have a life in him that is supernatural, where we can hear him, walk with him, operate in the spirit, not get flaky and weird, but just live in him. God always sounds like his word, always be basic. You don't ever want to get off, but just remember, if it's not in the word, don't do it. If it's in the word, then flow, man, and, and, and listen to your heart. You know, the Holy Spirit is there, and the more you talk about, just like I've said in the past when I was here, John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, the spirit of truth, Jesus said it, the spirit of truth, the world doesn't see or know, but you know him. The world doesn't know the Holy Ghost, but you and the body of Christ should know him because he's living on the inside of you 24-7 and he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's with you to the end of the age. He's always with you. And it's so important that we walk in such a place of knowing him. And, well, I don't feel like I know him. When did it say in scripture that Jesus said, well, when you feel like you can walk in the spirit, walk. 
when you get five goosebumps on each arm, you're in the spirit. Guys, if you take your, if your spirit leaves your body, you're dead in this earth. But your spirit that is alive forever is eternal, goes up to heaven if you're a believer. If you're not, then you're going to go the, the different direction. But as a believer, you're going to go straight up. When my dad went to heaven, all the family was around him. And uh, just having a time in the Lord and singing and worshiping God and, and everything. And most of us had walked away from the, his bed um, and was in the kitchen or the dining room. But my brother and my niece was still right there with dad because somebody always wanted to be, we always wanted somebody to be with him, you, you know, if everybody else was busy doing something. And my mama, that just a few moments before, prayed the prayer of consecration, and he, she went over to my dad, and she said, now, honey, Marlon, it's time for you to go. Now, you just go ahead and go. I release you. You can go. But I'm not coming yet. It's not time for me to come yet. And then my Pentecostal mama <laughs> began to pray. Oh, God, I'll do your will. I'll do whatever you tell me to do, Lord. I'll pray. I'll go where you want me to go, oh, God, whatever you want me to do. <laughs> I'll do it. When she was doing that, it makes me weep right now. All of us stood up, the whole family gathered around my dad's bed, and we all cried out to God because we are a close family, and we loved my dad and didn't want him going to heaven, but he made his decision. He wanted to go. And we all begin to cry out to God. Yes, God, we release dad. He can go and be with you, but we're staying, and we're going to do the will of God. Whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. We'll preach, we'll pray, we'll prophesy, we'll do, we'll move, we'll go, we'll do whatever you want us to do. What is that? That's consecration. The Garden of Gethsemane all over again, where Jesus was there and he cried out. He's like, is there anybody here that will stay up with me and pray? Because he knew he's getting ready to die for you, for me, for the world. And he was like, is there anybody to help me pray? And nobody would stay awake and help him. But he's still, God, not my will be done yours. Because he knew what was getting ready to happen. He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to be beaten so you could be healthy. He knew that he was going to be on that cross between those two sinners and die. He knew it. And then he knew he was going to go to hell. He knew it. He knew he was going to go to hell, and he was going to be there, but he knew the third day was going to happen, but he knew that there was going to be still time that he was going to have to suffer. God, not my will, but your will be done. You show me an individual that will die to themselves and fulfill the will of God, then you found somebody that you need to stick with. I pray that's how you are. I don't want nothing but the will of God. My, our lives was wonderful at Rhema, being there in the ministry and serving such a great ministry. 
We loved it. We, I preached and prayed and prophesied to all these ministers all the time. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, the ministry of helps people that were being trained to be, to fulfill the call of God on their life. I mean, it was amazing. It was, I got one, thank you. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. And then on the weekends, we would travel and go out and preach. It was great. It was marvelous. And then if we weren't preaching, I would have a four-day weekend. Hey, it was awesome. But see, I was raised in a household where my mama taught us in our Pentecostal church, your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. And when you obey God, you're going to love it. It'll be the best life you could ever live. And that's just how I was raised. And it's the only way, the only thing I knew. And so, guys... That moment when my dad stepped over to glory and we're praying and we're consecrating our lives unto God. We had all prayed and his presence was so strong. And then many of us had walked away from the bed and my brother and his and our niece was there. And Josh was at the end of the bed right over dad's face and just had his arms over on him. And Josh said, all of a sudden dad had, had been sleeping all the time. Dad opened his eyes real big, and he smiled real big, and then he went, and Josh said, when Dad did that, I saw, his eyes were open to the realm of the Spirit, he said, I saw Dad's Spirit come up out of his mouth, and I saw him go up through the ceiling to heaven. There is a spirit in man. And every person in this house has a human spirit. And that spirit is eternal. So why are we trying to only train our mind, train things in this natural realm? Oh, I got to have this, I got to have that, da 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 We need to be training and growing spiritually because the part of you that's going to be living forever is forever. And when we step over to the other side, hmm, those that have been training themselves, ah, it's going to be interesting to see what God has them doing. Because I don't think we're going to just be floating down, uh, you know, on clouds. And, and I think it's going to be wonderful. I think it's going to be great. Oh, when we get over yonder, oh, my gosh, it's going to be awesome. But I think there's so much more. There's so much more going on. There's going to be so much that we're going to be doing. But guys, why are we so after the realm of the natural when there is the realm of eternity where you are an eternal being? My, my, right now, so many of you are hearing this and you're taking hold of it. It's not something you not haven't heard before. It's truth. It's who you are. You're a spirit. You're a spirit being. The realm of eternity is real. And we are to operate over in that realm and experience who he is. If we left this very second, and we're getting ready to be done, but if we left this very moment, you got fed. You've been fed.
How many of you sense the realness of eternity right now? It's increased, hasn't it? Hmm? My, 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 my. So what is it? So what is it that would try to hold you back from operating in me? That's what he's saying. So what is it that is trying to hold you back from living in the fullness of me? Your flesh and your mind, that of your soul, tries to bind. But you, as my child, as my spirit, it's time for you to grow spiritually and climb up into that which I've ordained for you to be. But it only comes to those that are willing to wait upon me. To come unto me and listen to my heart. Oh, ha. And then I just heard him say, you know, I sing songs of deliverance. That's a scripture. And I just heard him say it. I sing songs of deliverance over you. When you know the creator of all the universe is singing songs of deliverance over you, and I'm so bound, I'm so bound, whether it be through habits, pornography, um, alcohol, uh, whatever your issues, gossip, whatever, you know. Um, Too much TV. I can't seem to stop. I can't seem to stop eating the chocolate cake. But, oh, and you get all down. Well, I know, I know God's real, but it just doesn't work that way for me. Well, then stay that way. But for those of us that can't live that way anymore, step up, step up, step up, and go fully into that which he's called you to do, that which he's ordained you to do. (sighs) But how do I do it? Last night, I told the story about the Jordan almonds, and I'm not going to go into that crazy thing again. But you put your personality into your prayer language, into your prayer life. And you pray from a place like, I understand what I'm doing, because the Bible says I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. You might not know everything in your head, but the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you knows all things. Because God has revealed them unto you by his spirit. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. Jesus said the spirit of truth, the world doesn't know. The world doesn't know the Holy Ghost, but you are my church and you know him. Why? Because he lives in you. So we need to change how we think. Can you change the way you think? Have you ever heard something bad about somebody and immediately you formed a bad thought about them and thought, well, that's just how they are. That's just how they are. Then you got to know them and you realized that's not how they are. And you changed your thinking all about them. How many of you have ever done that before? I have. I did that with Pastor Joe. I thought he was horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hitting on you. It just was too good. I had to do it. You knew it was coming. <laughs> you know, but guys, So quickly, you changed your mind. So when you get in the Word, what does it do? It changes you 
transforms you into having a renewed mind where you begin to realize, oh, I do have an unction and anointing from the Holy One, and I do know all things. I don't know everything in my head, but when I need to know it, I'll have it. And when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm going to pray like I'm doing what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, that when I pray in an unknown tongue, I'm speaking unto God and not unto man. So I'm not just going to go, oh, but I was the giggly bad. You prayed two minutes and you thought it was an eternity. No. I'm going to pray. I will say that which is God greatest. For this is the language of my spirit, not the language of my mind. And I'll speak out of my heart, and it will cause me to go deeper and further in Him, and I'll go further and have revelation light. And it will cause me to pray through things and it will cause me to pray out of things. It will cause me to walk in the fullness of what he's ordained me to see and do in this hour and in this time. But it will cause me to step over so far in the spirit that I'll see things that most won't understand in this natural time. Oh my goodness, there's so much more I could say, Father. You mean I can do this all the time? And do it in faith? Oh. I made a decision a long time ago. I don't have dull prayer times. Why am I having a dull prayer time? I shouldn't have a dull prayer time. God's not dead. He's alive. And I'm talking to him when I'm praying in tongues. I'm not going to have a boring prayer time. I'm just not going to do it because that's not him. He's not boring. Doesn't mean that he's going to have you going, oh, you're an evil brother. Blah, blah. No, sometimes it can be just, oh, that kadidi, brapa, do the shakadidi. I'm going to go, could I brapa, say kadidi, grab it out, see, because she can get out of mind and say, oh, why don't you use your water board of brain? Oh, she can't get and say, well, Ian, what are you saying? I don't know, but man, it feels good. Because what happens when I pray in tongues? It edifies me, it makes me better, it improves me. That's what the Bible says, right? I build myself up on my most holy faith. What? Jude said, I build myself up on my most holy. I got holy faith? Yeah. Scripture says you got holy faith. Well, I have, I don't think I have faith. I don't think I have enough faith. The Bible says you've got holy faith. I got holy faith. And when I pray in tongues, I build myself up on my most holy faith. So why don't I just go ahead and pray in faith and believe that I got holy faith and pray in the spirit and believe that I'm really speaking to God when I speak in an unknown tongue and that the Holy Spirit within me helps me to articulate the very heart of God because that's what he does. A translation of Romans 8 verse 26 says that when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, he, the Holy Ghost, helps bridge the gap between this present life that I'm living in and the future. So when I'm praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit helps me to articulate the very heart of God. It will help me pray when I'm praying in the spirit. I might be right here in Pennsylvania, but when I'm praying in tongues, he might be having me pray about something that I'm going to be doing in Florida. He's praying out my future. When I was believing God for my beautiful Italian man, I remember there were times I was like, God, where is he? Where is he? But I wouldn't let that stuff come out of my mouth. Oh, no, no, no. Father, I thank you that my husband is finding me. He's a Holy Ghost man. He loves you, and he's going to love me. I thank you that he's finding me. 
and then I would pray in the Holy Ghost. Because I didn't know where he was. I didn't know what he was walking through. But I knew that if I prayed in tongues, it would help him. Whoever he is, it's helping my man. Stand up, honey. And we would pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's do our thing here. We would, I would be praying in the Holy Ghost. And as I would be praying in the Holy Ghost, God, the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, as I was yielding to him, would bridge the gap between the right now where I was at, being single, to my future where my husband was going to find me. And when I would go, what was happening? We're getting closer. I couldn't see it in the natural. But in the spirit, whew. now, did I have times to watch a Hallmark movie get sad because I didn't have that love story at the end? Oh, yeah. And I would cry. My baby God, my husband's coming. He's finding me. And, and then things would happen, and I'd get busy in life, and I'd get, get unfocused upon what I was believing for, and I'd get caught up, and then there'd be the desire of my heart not being fulfilled. Father, I thank you. I'm still in faith. I can smell my husband's cologne. I thank you that he's mine. He's coming wherever he's at, whatever he's dealing with, whatever he's walking through in life. He's finding me. And I love that man. Oh, and he's going to love me. And it wasn't long till guess what? Whew. Hey, baby. He was in my face and couldn't get enough of me. But guys, when we use our faith in prayer, when I don't know how to pray like I ought, the Holy Ghost, I didn't know how to, to pray fully the way that I should concerning that, that minister that was in the hospital dying. But then I yield, yielded to the scripture that I just talked about in Romans chapter 8. And when I prayed in tongues, guess what? Heaven came down. I stepped over in the spirit and I saw Jesus and knew what he heard, what he said. And that blessed the family. It strengthened, strengthened them and it helped us. When you don't know how to pray like you should, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you does. So you pray in faith. There's so much more I want to say. I hope you can come back tomorrow. There have been impartations. Uh-huh. It's 8 o'clock straight up. We've been here two hours. And there's just a little bit more I want to do. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost in a way you've not prayed. I want you to step over by faith as an eternal being, knowing I am a spirit and I have a legal right to pray. I walk in the spirit. I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. You might not be filled with the spirit. Maybe you're born again, but you've not been filled with the spirit. If you're here in the house and have never been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue, why don't you go ahead and get filled tonight with us? We'll all pray the prayer together, and then when we start praying in tongues together as a church family, let it rip. You might say, but how do I do that? I'm probably going to make it up. Is that me doing that? Am I saying that? Yep, you, you're the one saying it because it's coming up out of your mouth. But your head's going to say, you're making that up, you're making that up. No, you're not. It's your spirit finally speaking in an unknown tongue as the Holy Ghost takes holds with you. But your head that's unrenewed will make you think that, oh, that's just me doing it. It is you doing it. But then, well, I'm just making those words up. Ooda, 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 ooda. 
maybe you're here tonight and God loves me guys I promise and maybe you're here tonight and maybe your prayer language is small maybe you only have a few words God's not causing your prayer language to be small no if your prayer language is small it's just because of you I remember when mine was small and I was praying with one of my girlfriends back when I was in high school and and I felt like I needed to have a more fluent prayer life because she would pray and it would be whoa and I remember I remember we were praying in my bedroom and I I stopped praying and she goes why'd you stop and I go because it's not fair I want to pray more like that I didn't know to say I want to pray more fluently like that I was a Pentecostal kid I just didn't understand why can't I just pray as powerful as that she's a Pentecostal kid too why she got it more than I got you know, and it just made me mad. I want it. I want to pray more. I want to have more articulation. And she goes, Leanne, give me your hand. She goes, in the name of Jesus. Thank God for Holy Ghost friends. In, the, in high school, teenagers, in the name of Jesus. You start praying right in the name of Jesus. Your prayer language is big. And then I was like, I was praying like a house of fire. Because I realized I was being mental and thinking that all I had was just ooga looga booga looga. When there was a lot of more ooga looga 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 suga looga looga. You know what I'm saying? Now, those are not tongues. Right now, I'm just playing around, of course. Don't try to interpret that jibber jabber. But, guys, your prayer language is only limited by you. Because he said, you've got an unction from the Holy One. You've got it. So now, I want us all to pray like, mm, that's right, I got it. Why don't you just give some attitude? Can you do it? Why not we give some attitude in the right places? Attitude will cause your soul to go, oh, that is right. Oh, what are they doing? Oh, 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 oh. And, and, and then before you know it, your spirit's going to be shouting, hey, hey. And your soul's going to go, oh, 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 yeah, yay, hey. And your soul will come in line. I know this sounds goofy, but guys, I'm telling you, it's just the simplisticness of having a relationship with God and in communion with him, you don't have to be a prophet to pray in tongues and see and hear and know. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. 
The next step is to find a good, strong local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.